Welcome to the Daily Sports Show Redo. I am your host, Tyler James. Here at the Redo, I've spent my time watching and listening to all the talking heads give their inflated takes on popular topics. Then I pick a few of those topics that I find good, bad, or just plain weird, and give them a redo by giving my take without the yelling, pandering, or trying to create a new hot take. Let's get into it. This week, a big free agent signing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Shaq Leonard, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, has signed with them for a one-year deal, trying to make that playoff push with him with their beat-up linebacker core. Uh, Leonard, past couple years, past five years, has been with the Indianapolis Colts. Came on the scene 2018, defensive rookie of the year. Great stuff since then. First-team All-Pro multiple times. Couple Pro Bowls here and there, so obviously great talent. But he was released by the Colts midseason, who are definitely in the playoff picture. Uh, Leonard's had a couple surgeries, let one last year, kept him out pretty much the entire year. This year, only a couple games, I think nine, before being released. And after the week after they released him, he came there for a home game and they gave him the big send off, so obviously. Beloved player by the fans, by the locker room. Last year's uh, Hard Knocks, he was one of the feature players they focused on. So for me, for a player that that talented, that beloved to be released midseason while the team's still fighting for a playoff spot, it's some red flags for me. Uh, why the signing has probably gotten more attention than probably anyone it would if he was going to any other team was because it came down to two teams, Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Big rivalry there, obviously. Both teams in the playoff picture, possibly number one seed, possibly two seed, depending on the division. For some people in the media, they were talking about how uh, Leonard's choice to choose the Eagles over the Cowboys is a big indictment for the Cowboys stating that somehow this makes them a clear, not a real contender for Super Bowl. And for me, that's kind of a exaggerated take. A couple reasons why. One, Cowboys, when they had Leonard in town to meet with Jerry Jones and Dan Quinn, they came off that just absolute shootout with Seattle. Yeah, defense didn't look great at all, but they pulled out the win. Leonard reportedly met with Dan Quinn. They talked about... Supposedly his role there, what the rotation would be like, but ultimately he left without a contract. Jerry Jones went on his weekly show, radio show out there, and talked about how they never discussed numbers or anything. You gotta take that with a grain of salt because it is Jerry Jones on his radio show, so he can say what he wants. Then Leonard goes out to Philadelphia and he watches the Eagles get absolutely bodied by the San Francisco 49ers. So for me, then he signs, but then he ends up signing with the Eagles. To me, that seems like a better choice for Leonard because one, Nick Sirianni was a coach for the Colts when Leonard was there early on. So familiarity there with the coaching staff. He knows him, likes him, can probably figure out where he's going to fit in a lot better than with Dan Quinn's team. Two, the linebacker core for the Eagles has been decimated with injuries. So they are, I don't want to use the word desperate, but they need 
someone to rotate in more. And having a guy like Leonard who has had just amazing an amazing career before the injuries, that's uh, great. Especially because he's more of a coverage guy for sure. And they've just been getting diced up by every quarterback they play. I mean, Sam Howe, two times in a row, just looks elite. I mean, I had him on my fancy team, and he was dropping 20, 25 points for me. So that's great. But to me, it's not a – it just seems like it's, it was a better financial choice for Leonard because I'm sure Cowboys are going to nickel and dime him, try to get him on some kind of minimum. I've seen reportedly the Eagles are giving him $1.5 million with like 80000 in bonuses depending on how many games he's actually active for. So to me, it's not really necessarily a, he thinks one team can win more than the other. Before it comes down to he got more money from the Eagles – they probably want to use him more because they need that extra depth. But the Cowboys are kind of thin at linebacker right now. They got they brought their safety bell down to play linebacker instead of a defensive back. So that is where it is. Uh, but this doesn't really seem like it's going to put the Eagles over the top by any means. It's not like when DeMarcus Ware left the Cowboys, went to the Broncos, won a Super Bowl. Or when Von Miller join the Rams, and they won a Super Bowl. It doesn't feel like it's got that kind of juice for me. Those guys weren't coming off significant surgeries, and they were still playing at an incredibly high level the year before. So for me, this is, I hope Leonard does well on his role, the Eagles. But to me, it's not necessarily uh, the indictment of the Dallas Cowboys that everyone's kind of making it out to be. And of course, you know, the, it is a loss for the Cowboys. You know, you don't fly a player out to, for nothing. They obviously wanted him. They felt they could use him. I mean, he's a great veteran talent, great mind. You need that kind of stuff in the locker room and on the field. You know, it's unfortunate that they couldn't lock him down. But then again, it's good to not overpay for uncertainty. Seeing plenty of teams take a big swing on a veteran player, an injury prone player, just to put 10 million, 15 million to something that's not panning out when that could have gone anywhere else. But we will see Sunday night. Supposedly Shaq Leonard will be playing that game and we'll see if he helps them slow down Dak or not. And if they get the win in Dallas, Dallas has that so far, 14-15 game unbeaten streak at home. Going against the Eagles, who just got pounded by the 49ers. So they're hoping to bounce back, I'm sure. And we'll see after Sunday night if the Shaq Leonard pick has any impact whatsoever on the Eagles. Let's get into it. All right, recently, the Jets are now going back to Zach Wilson to be the starting quarterback. And reportedly, he has been noted saying he is reluctant to take the starting job back. I mean, understandably so. It's beginning of the year. He's coming in as the backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers goes down. He comes in, beats the Bills. Then they I think they have four wins right now. So obviously, it's like, ah. Oh. Then they bench you again for two guys who are somehow worse than Zach Wilson. But, you know. They, now they're calling his number again. He's maybe a little wishy-washy on it, understandably. 
And it's got everyone kind of around the league saying, I got, you know, just criticizing his, in a way, his character, him in general. Saying, you know, if you're a professional athlete, when your number gets called, you got to go. There's, there should be no reluctance. You know, this is what you're getting paid to do. Whether you're getting paid to be the backup, it's your time to step up. Recently, uh, Aaron Rodgers on his, you know, he goes on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday. I've seen supposedly he gets paid decent amount of money to go there every Tuesday and give his thoughts. And everyone seems to enjoy it for the most part. I mean, they wouldn't pay him that much and people wouldn't tune in to watch him if they didn't find it entertaining. One of the podcasts I listen to, I listen to every now and then in the morning, they were uh, talking about Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers' response to the article where Rodgers really didn't address the Zach Wilson statement of him being reluctant. He more so went after the reporting and said, and the, the, man, the organization, the New York Jets, about how, why is this getting out? Why are you letting your starting quarterback's possible reluctance make it into the media? Like, why are people telling a reporter this? And just kind of believe one of the one of the quotes was character assassination by the media. And, you know, it's in a way you can kind of talk like, yeah, it's kind of messed up for the who's ever leaking this information to the media. Do that with their starting quarterback, especially with they're still kind of in it with how bad the AFC is looking. But with the podcast I was listening to, they were talking about it and they were just more focused on Aaron Rodgers kind of defending Zach Wilson, not so much what he, not so much about what Zach Wilson, the reluctance. And that kind of bothered me because they got to a point where they were, they were trying to make the point of you got to separate the artist from his art. So separate Aaron's off the field statements and this from his actual on the field quarterback play where he's one of the greatest of all time to throw the ball. And what bothered me about that was that they compared him to people like R. Kelly, Chris Brown, and they threw in Michael Jackson. Random Michael Jackson legally did nothing wrong, according to the trial. But, you know, R. Kelly, Chris Brown, it's kind of like, I understand people don't like Aaron Rodgers because of his political standpoints and it's kind of the hippie way he talks every now and then with the Alaska and the hallucinogens and all that, which is, you know, to each their own. But to kind of lump him in there with those kind of people, a convicted rapist, trafficking, whatever, R. Kelly, all that stuff he finally got put away for. And you got Chris Brown, who absolutely brutalized his girlfriend at the time, Rihanna. Like, we've all seen the pictures. And, like, you're just, you're putting him in the category of these people. And everyone knows the Michael Jackson accusations with the children. It's just... You, like I said, you can make the argument for separate the art from the artist, which, fine, you can do that. But it's it's a pretty clumsy and kind of a gross comparison to mention his name along with those guys. I wouldn't do it, but I do agree with the, the statement of separating art from the artist. Let's get into it. This is a weird one. comes from Sean McDermott, the current Buffalo Bills head coach. This is from 2019, where reportedly he's even apologized for it, so we know it's true. 
about how he was trying to build teamwork and cohesion with his guys, and he did it by in a strange way. He talked about 9-11, which is fine. That's a you know, it's a good way to get people riled up and bring us together. I mean, it was one of those times in our nation's history where it seemed like everyone, at least for a short period of time, really came together and put differences aside. So, great. Where this story goes way left is Sean McDermott wanted his players to focus on the terrorists that day, the hijackers, and like talk about how what kind of obstacles they had, like how they came together. And it's one of those things where I'm sure we all have a friend or a coworker that, you know, every now and then they just kind of start saying some weird stuff and you just kind of look at them and going, is this actually happening right now? Like you're saying this. I mean, I'm sure everyone in the participating in his bonding exercise was kind of like, what is he saying? And one of his players, you know, when they when they when he asked the question of what kind of obstacles did the the terrorists have that day, and he jokingly said TSA, and I guess that lightened the mood a little bit because everyone was just probably super uncomfortable by this. You know, it's just it's really just silly, and I know some people that have talked about it on their shows. You know, they kind of just they kind of give the same response of ah, you know, it's. That's not what I would use an example of for team building. Some have gone a little bit more, you know, they hard stance, which, you know, if you're on national TV, I guess you really want to come out as against terrorism and for America. So, I mean, that's understand what they're talking about, how from this day forward, they can no longer put Sean McDermott by himself. They're going to always associate these, the statement with him, which is, you know, that's, that's okay to, I think it's kind of dramatic because he even apologized. He was like, I didn't, I don't necessarily understand where he was coming from with that. Like he, he tried a tactic, didn't work. No one likes it. Great. Move on. You know, it's just like in pretty much anything business. Like sometimes people think they have the greatest idea in the world. You know, they have it in their head. Then they, then they say it out loud. Everyone's kind of goes, what? And that million dollar idea is now just everyone's laughing at you. Or just questioning your sanity. So I don't think it's it should be a, a mark against him in his career in any way. It's just one of those things where you look at it and you go, that was really odd. Don't do that ever again. And that, that really should be the end of it. So, you know, he apologized in 2019 for the statements. And then he apologized again recently because it came back up in a more public way, I suppose. It's made national news, but that's all it is just having a good idea in your head. Then you say it out loud and everyone just looks at you with blank stares and yeah. So hopefully we can all just move on from there and see how they do against the Kansas city chiefs.